Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Fantasy Football Pod. We are the podcast that takes a unique look at Scottish football through the lens of fantasy football. I am joined by my favourite ginger Scottish football broadcaster, and it's not Michael Stewart. It is indeed Robbie Scobie. How you doing, pal? Very well, mate. I look forward to those introductions every week. You've set up oh, a so. high bar. <laughs> what a week, what a week, Scobie. We're on week seven, and I'm, not, I'm never sure if we were actually going to make it to, to week seven uh, oh. when we first started this podcast, but here we are. And uh, one of the concerns I had when we were starting this podcast was uh, we might run out of things to talk about, but I just think Scottish football is the gift that keeps on giving, right? It just never stops, doesn't it? Um, and this season, couldn't have been timed more perfectly? COVID uh, adding a bit of a you know, a fun injection to the, to the league, to an already, um, you know, famously, famously wild league. So it's, uh, it's just been bonkers, isn't it? Lots to talk about tonight. Lots to talk about tonight. It is Wednesday night. We are recording on a Wednesday night. We've, um, so in part one of this podcast, we will talk about the developments that have happened since we last spoke. And there has been plenty of developments. There's been a few <laughs> shock. There's been a few signings. Uh, we'll get you through that. And then in part two, Scooby will direct us through the minefield of the, of the action at the weekend. And it was excellent action at the weekend. I it mean, was. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk through. I'm actually intrigued to know what game we are going to first, Scooby. Because as you know, we do not script this before we start the podcast. And then in, episode, in part three of this episode, we will, again, take your questions, answer them as best we can. Uh, ahead of uh, what will be a very, very tough uh, game week coming up. So, without further ado, uh, let's get started. Scooby, what, what, what piece of news has caught your eye over the last week? Um, I will go with a continued kind of wave of interesting signings. First bit of news I think we'll go to, um, for those of you that still had him, Daryl Horgan's off. Had a bright little start the season, didn't he? He was a he was a week one or week two, you know, flash in the pan. I'm sure would have continued to do well. He's been a good player for him, hasn't he? Um, but he's off and free transfer for him, obviously. Um, as the president yeah, off, is off, off to Wickham, Wickham Wanderers, I believe. Wickham, and um, he's uh, he seems like one of football's nice guys, so you do wish him all the best. Yeah, and then just before that good. happened, that's where the Jamie Murphy signing from Rangers on loan now makes sense because it was it was a like for like, and you're thinking that Hibs are then going to be very heavy in that sort of wide forward area and particularly from a fantasy football Scotland perspective then you're really concerned like how on earth who on earth do you choose in that position for Hibs so it was uh, I think it was not, it, from a fantasy football perspective it was good to see a, if one's coming in one's going out because it makes yeah. the option a bit easier and I think Jamie Murphy could be a very good signing and potentially once he gets up to speed with Jack Ross's uh, team could, could be one, one to put in your team later on Could be 4.8 million he's coming up um, so I don't think an awful value uh, for him if he does play um, a bit less than where Horgan was, I believe. So, um, yeah, interesting one for me. What, what caught your eye this week? 
Caught my eye this week. Well, I mean, we just have to go back a little bit and we have to go back to Turnbull uh, confirming his permanent move to, to Celtic from Motherwell. That move obviously been in the, in the works for a couple of years now and it now has become permanent. Um, I mean, just from a fantasy football perspective, this, room, this move just completely blew my mind because we're, we're, then t- we're moving into parts of the game that we've just never been before. So there is a player that's moving to Celtic. Celtic, obviously, high ownership. Most teams have three players from yeah. Celtic in their yeah. team. Um, therefore, when Turnbull moved to that team, a lot of teams had four Celtic players. Now, the app, the guys at the app did a brilliant job trying to keep us in the loop about what on earth this means. It meant that if you then had four Celtic players, you had to transfer one of them out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your entire team, Scobie, not just the Celtic players, your entire team would have scored zero points for that game week. Not ideal. No. And a little bit harsh. And a little it, harsh for those that, that, that would have been caught out by it. Um, I saw Fancy Football Scotland's um, reasoning. I saw their response to be fair thing they do always front up and explain themselves um, in you know, somewhat difficult um, circumstances like this as they continue to adapt their game. But yeah, it's, it's still pretty harsh, is it not? Uh, I think it's harsh, but then at the same time, Scobie, like, if anyone's actually playing the game, you'd probably look at the app a couple of times a day anyway. And it was a notification in the app. And as our good friend Maz, who we often talk about on this thread, he also pointed out that it will uh, wipe out some of the so-called dead teams. So, you know, teams yeah. that people have signed up at the start of the season. Uh, as we were saying, a lot of teams will have three Celtic players in it. Turnbull was also a very popular shout, just given his um, form over the last couple of seasons and given yep. Motherwell performances. So there'll be a lot of teams that will now have those three Celtic players. That Turnbull still have four Celtic players, they'll have no points. So everyone's overall rank in the so-called mega league should, in theory, mm-hmm. increase. Which mm-hmm. I'm all for, Scobie. I need to take every chance I can get, because as you know, I've had a pretty good <laughs> starts this season. Green arrows, mate. Green arrows. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That's it. Green arrows. Green arrows. Like green um, another one I like to transfer new Shane Duffy. Oh. Celtic from Brighton. Um, good signing, that is it? Yeah, I think I think that's a really good signing. I mean, a lot a lot of the times when 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 players move, um, especially up to Scotland, you think are, are they past it? I actually, given Brighton's uh, situation with Ben White, who is um, a mm-hmm. huge part of Leeds's um, championship winning team last season. He's now extended his deal for four years. So Ben White's now first choice centre half, future future England cap, I'd say definitely. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that Duffy isn't over the hill. He's going to be coming into the Scottish Premiership, um, a very very accomplished footballer, and also quite a um, for those guys that play fan- fantasy Premier League, quite an FPL favourite. Um, so I can see him being quite highly owned. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's not got a value yet, so that'll be one to talk about next week. But um, yeah, definitely. I, I think um, maybe shores them up a little bit at the back. Their big physical presence. I think he'll suit the league well. He's got that. Irish just, just for those that are trying to think, you know, what what else does he offer apart from um, obviously being part of Celtic's defence and probably shoring that up to get more clean sheet points. Let's have a look at his stats. So, the real last season, he only scored one goal. So that's not from a fantasy point of view, very good. But the season before, he did actually get five from centre-half. So if he, if he gets those kind of returns... Not then, a bad return, is it? Yeah, yeah, he'll definitely be a guy uh, 
guy to be considered. His, his price hasn't come out yet uh, at recording, so we're no, not too. No, we will talk about that next, next week as ever. Um, anything else um, that happened? Uh, well, just one other point. As, as everyone knows, my, my knives were my knives were sharpening. We heard week. the sound effects last week, John. We heard, we heard the sound effects, um, and the knives weren't very sharp. I would see because <laughs> Aberdeen players were handed a three-game suspended sentence. Uh, so if they put their foot out of line, they will get a three-game ban. But until then, nothing happening. So fill your boots on the Aberdeen players, lads. Uh, we'll come into that a little bit more as we review the weekend's yeah. action, I'm sure. Uh, and then the big, news, the big news, Scobie, I suppose as well, is that the St Mirren-Celtic game that was postponed due to Bollygate, um, will now, which was on the 12th of August, will now be played on Wednesday the 16th of September. Uh, which means... Alert, alert, double game week coming in with Celtic and St Mirren. It's a tasty one, isn't it? Double game week for Celtic. We knew it was going to come at some point soon. Um, a nice couple of fixtures there. So, well, again, we'll get into it. But yeah, it's, uh, those, of, uh, those of you that are paying attention, double game week on your hands. Is that time for a triple captain? Is that time to use maybe one of your tokens? I don't know. And I've said it before, but I'll just say it again to just to round this part off, is that just hold on to your transfers, guys. The the price increases don't go through until after the transfer window. Like, you don't, all this double game week news coming in, you know, people are making a transfer straight after a game week. You wouldn't have known then Celtic's got a double game week. You've got international week coming up. You've got more signings, more sellings. Just hold off as late as you can. As long as you still remember to do the changes. Just and I don't wait. think that... You know, the, the values, it is, an, it is a proper, um, you know, market that they're, that they're running here. We are seeing values go up and down, but I don't think they should be, you know, out of anyone's reach. I think you, across the board, you, you probably struggle to find a team that's not increased their value somewhat somewhere on the park. There's been some players that have just been flying. So, um, yeah, wait and see how things settle down, especially uh, as it looks like we're definitely going to have... Um, quite a bit of midweek to late week football uh, in Scotland this year if the European runs continue. Absolutely. Um, right, so that, that takes out part one, I reckon, Scobie. We all good there? Covers it. Welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fitback Pod. This is the part of the podcast where we review last week's games purely focused on what that meant for fantasy football. Scobie, I've no idea where we're going. Where are we going? Well, we like to try and kick it around the league a little bit. We like to, you know, there's no favouritism in this league. Whether John wants to talk about the Dons for 40 minutes or not, we will not allow him to. Uh, so I'm going to look around. There was a team that were still hunting for that first win of the season. That team was Kilmarnock, and they finally got it this weekend at Dundee United's expense. Um, look, he's in, he's out. He was last week, certainly. Big Kabamba at 4.2 million. He is back, and he was back with a bang. I thought he was fantastic on Saturday. If you've held on to him, if you maybe took the recommendation I gave him, gave you two weeks ago, uh, as I'm sure lots of people did, um, and you held on to him after last week's um, you know, bench warming, um, you'll be pleased. He bagged two, and I thought he actually probably could have had more. Um, 
His strike partner on the day, we had Brophy, um, who's not been starting an awful lot this season at 5.5. I think he started actually a little bit more than that. 5.8, he might have started that. Uh, but at 5.5 million, you'd be hoping he'd be somebody that's starting week in, week out. Well, he's not, um, but he did start this week. Um, they said, the manager said at the end of the game, they obviously needed the win, they needed to change something. So playing two up top for the first time this season was the thing to do. Brophy gets one. I think it was an inspired move. Um, it was a you think Brophy was uh, unlucky not to get a Scotland call up this week, John? Uh, potentially, especially uh, considering with Mick Burney's uh, questionable dropout um, mm. and then playing 45 minutes for Sheffield United the other day. Uh, I, w- I will just, I, I wasn't, I'd, I'd like to give Dyer as much credit as possible for this uh, strike partnership, but he did say it was because Alan Power was actually injured for the game that it forced his hand to play two up front. Now, these two up front, I mean, it's dynamite, right? It's absolute dynamite. Kabamba and Brophy. I mean, there's, I, I don't, like, you, you think about the best strike partnerships in the league. You think maybe it'd be Nisbet and Deutsch. Yeah. Like, you, you, we haven't seen Ed, Edward and Ejeti. We haven't seen Roof and Morelos. Like, I think Killy have got two of the best and most explosive strikers in the league. And if they go with this going forward, they're going to be an absolute riot to watch. I agree. I agree. Um, look, Coming off the bench as well, Rory McKenzie talking of riots to watch. Uh, pick of the goals from the weekend for me. Um, it was just a stunning one. And again, it was uh, Kabamba that started it all. He doesn't get the assist. But I think he was, uh, you know, the pass before the pass sort of thing. Um, yeah, just great to watch. Dundee United just weren't in the races. And that's the first time you can probably say that about them this season. They've been really good. We've, we've talked about how good they looked under Mellon. Um, there's been a bit of value in that team. Although maybe there's not been any standout players from a fantasy perspective, um, but yeah, it's uh, it just it just it just was not their day. Um, big question, I guess, surrounding Dundee United because there's not too much to talk about with their players. When will Shackman be back? You know. Yeah, and I've seen that he um, he got pulled out the the, the Scotland squad as well. Um, yeah, yep. which is a point we raised in the last pod is that how does Steve Clark know that Shackman's going to be playing pre Scotland game? Well, he didn't, and now Shackman tanks out. And yeah, it was a, it was a wake-up call for United, you know, obviously it is a big step up coming from the Championship and we have um, given them a lot of praise and rightly so on this podcast so far this season uh, for the way that they played their football and they've looked really solid. But yeah, they just looked, um, Killy just gave them a, a lesson on what yeah. it's like in the top division in Scottish football. And um, Killy looked like they were, you know, they'd been sort of pussyfooting around that win for a while. They haven't been awful, Killy. They've, they've certainly been quite interesting to watch, so... Um, you know, they, they kind of deserve that in many ways. Mellon did say as well with Shanklin that he was um, he was quite close. He was touch and go to starting. So I don't think it's long before we see him back. Look, I still think he's going to be really popular. Um, it'd be tempting to take a punt on if they get a nice run of fixtures. Given the way they've been playing, um, there could definitely be goals there for him to... And then just, just to finish off on that game, Scobie, I, I know you touched on the McKenzie goal, but honestly, listeners... If you have a chance, put down your Cocoa Pops, light up a cigar and watch that McKenzie goal because it is absolutely magic. It's an absolute, it's an absolute wonder goal. And uh, people were talking last week about um, you know, what value Messi um, might be if he came to Fantasy Football Scotland. I believe those people were you and I. Um, turns out we don't need it. We've got Rory McKenzie at Kilmarnock and he's been there all along. So, good uh, on him. Um, also, think just from a fantasy football point of view, Killy-wise, you know, we've talked so much about Chris Burke being the only Killy option. Now you've got 
Um, the, the two strikers up top who we've already touched on. You've got Calm, Wal- Calm Waters, a left-back, who put an excellent ball in for uh, Kabamba's first goal. I think he's worth a watch going forward if Killy keep up this um, th- this form. And then um, I also enjoyed that Malumbu made his third Killy debut at the weekend. So maybe one to, one to watch <laughs> there. Can't keep him away. Um, <laughs> next game that we will move on to, people um, potentially coming uh, strikers, as we've been talking about with Shankland. Um, coming back from uh, the depths of despair. There's rumours circulating that Stevie May muttered under his breath, who the fuck is John Moore? After he came off the bench to score, <laughs> to score and uh, take the game away from St. Mirren. Is it the return of Stevie May, John? Mazo, I mean, I'm always delighted to see him score, you know. He, he had, a, he had a, a difficult time at Aberdeen, but he gave his all the whole time. And, and he's one of these, these Scottish strikers that I think you just like to see do well. Um, I think so. It's great to see him back. I mean, St. Johnson absolutely battered St. Mirren in this game. Oh, start to finish. Yeah. And if only for, for, for Omlick and goals uh, for St. Mirren and some very wasteful finishing, the, the, the score was kept down. One guy who really caught my eye from uh, St. Johnson, who didn't actually make the deep dive a few weeks ago, which is quite shocking, really. <laughs> is, when uh, the whole squad was included. Danny McNamara uh, uh, at right back. Uh, he's on loan from Millwall. And he looks excellent. Like he's getting better and better every week. He's two point four million in the game, so he's he's not you know your cheapest point, but he's still very much in the conversation of budget uh, right backs. And if St Johnston can start Stevie May going forward, and therefore making Stevie May finish his chances, I mean he could be a big assist merchant. Some of the deliveries he's putting in for that team uh, are outrageous, and quite frankly deserve better. Yep, there's point, points accumulating at the back there for St Johnston. Um, you know, a bunch of guys that have all scored fairly consistently and well uh, for them. Uh, Tanzer, we've talked about before, Matt Namara, you just mentioned, but also uh, Jason Carr at 2.6 million. Um, if you've got a little bit of a budget spot on your bench, you, you do a lot worse than to look at St. Johnson. I think they will grind out um, results. The game itself, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one for the ages. I thought Steve May was, in all seriousness, very good when he came on. Um, he did turn the tide a bit, and I think, We'll see how he goes. We'll see how he goes. 5.2 million, just to remind people. Uh, so he was, again, somebody that I think the makers of the game and lots of other people had high hopes for at the start of the season. Maybe he comes good again. I can absolutely see him going on a run. St. Mirren, just again, talking to teams that weren't at the races, like Dundee United, St. Mirren were not. They hardly got off the bus by the looks of things. Um, and it was, a pretty, um, it was a pretty honest reflection on the game afterwards by Goodwin, fair play to him. He just said it could have been a lot more and they were kind of hanging on. The big man, Richard Tate, had another cracking clearance, um, which um, unfortunately was not enough. was not enough to keep them, keep, them, um, keep them clear and another clean sheet. Sad for me as a Richard Tate fan um, and owner. Um, but yeah, no, not awful. As well, how bad John Abika was. I know, and Abika, I mean, I think it's all gone to his head. He's obviously been listening to this podcast day in, day out, and he's just thought... And looking at Twitter, I mean, there's even more conversation about him on Twitter, John. I think anyone that would listen to you, you were telling to get a beacon in the team. But uh, look, I'm sure... Double game week coming up. Scooby, there's a double game week coming up. Obika, get him in your team. The double game week includes Celtic and Hibs. But look, there might be goals there. It's not, um, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. They do have a nice run coming as we get through um, this patch of fixtures. Hamilton, Ross County, St. Johnston. 
Um, you know, we've seen them play, so that was, you know, that 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 was a nice run to start the season off. It looks a little bit harder now, but it's going to break again for them with Dundee United, we'll come on it, um, and whatnot coming soon. So, you know, don't forget about St Mirren. I still, I still like them. Um, where do we go to next, John? Well, um, to bring one of the Glasgow clubs into it, um, Celtic, after they were shown the door by the Hungarian giants, uh, Ferencváros, they decided to go for no changes. They obviously thought that that formation worked a charm, um, and that, in all seriousness, seemed a bit pre-planned from Lenin, was it? Go out there and show me that, um, that I was not wrong, that you can indeed play football. Um, and at least they came out with a bit of a spring in their step against Motherwell, um, and trying to put away... The um, the nightmare that was that midweek that midweek European game that saw them exit Champions League. Uh, Turnbull obviously graced the bench, uh, having only just signed from Motherwell three days prior, as John's already covered. Um, but I thought they looked a lot better. Um, probably one of the big talking points. Um, I got sucked into the Ajeti hype. Um, I was certainly torn between thinking, um, you know, would he start? Did he have to start after the? Christie experiment up top in his own seemed to have failed. Um, well, he again sat on the bench, but good signs, maybe. You know, he's played 45 minutes of Scottish football and he's got two goals already. Yeah, um, no, I think I think Ajay looks really good. I mean, it just they just Lennon's stubbornness, wasn't it? They didn't, um, you know, play the same 11 with no striker. I mean, you've got a guy like Ajay who, you know, he's had two chances in Scottish football, really, and he's blasted both of them in the back of the net. He's brilliant. I take your point that Celtic looked decent against Motherwell, but you also have to remember this is Motherwell that have got their worst start in 20 years, Motherwell. Forget it, John. Motherwell with one win in 14 league matches, you know, going back through last season. Motherwell are absolutely honking right now. But I tell you who else is honking is Clamalla. I mean, geez, oh. Do you see those two misses, man? Yeah, he was horrendous. What's that smell? Can you smell that? Yep, it's shite. Klamala is shite, man. He's absolutely shite. It's reeking from episode one where I talked him up <laughs> that he was going to be the man if Big Eddie goes. Uh, I take that back, and I wish I'd never, ever said that. Polish Paddy, you're not the one, son. Um, <laughs> talking to strikers that are not the one, uh, we had the usual Motherwell merry-go-round of strikers. Uh, Tony Watt gets his start. I think maybe Stephen Runt. Robinson was living in dreamland thinking I'll, I'll start him against his old club and he'll yeah. find in the performance I've been waiting for. He didn't. One hit, one uh, hit. You hit the nail on the head, Scobie. It is a merry-go-round up front for Motherwell. It's just unbelievable. So he so, came in to replace Lang um, and started up top against Long. That's not an easy one to remember. Um, it seems to be the three of them that are edging out that competition, um, if it is even a competition. Um I thought Walt looked awful again. 4.8 million. Absolute bonkers if you're keeping him in the team. Um, at least one good talking point. Turnbull going. Liam Polworth has been found. Uh, it's probably down that, to... did you, Where did you eventually find him, Scobie? Did you find him in the woods somewhere? In Motherwell? Or? Yeah. You know, whimpering around in some sort of woods just near Hamilton. Uh, is it pointing him in the right direction? And he's, and he's finally been found. And he, and, he, and he sort of, maybe he's going to come back to, um, you know, some sort of use and value going forward. Can you, can you please put your finding skills on now finding Hasty? Because for some reason, Hasty's still in my fantasy team. <laughs> like, so, yeah, fucking fantasy detective team. Go in and find all these 
fucking missing players. Overpriced, oh, missing players. But in, in all honesty, Motherwell assets now just seem so overpriced. Because, I mean, they're a victim of their own success, basically, because they've been so good under under Robinson for the last couple of seasons. Mm. And quite rightly, I think we're, we're, we're well-priced. And we'll come on to it. I think, you know, Aberdeen and Hibs look like the best, the teams that are going to be fighting for third the most. And you, you definitely thought Motherwell would be there. But right now, I just can't even see them making the top six. I mean, geez, they look awful. I think they're bordering on unselectable at the moment I just don't, I don't really know where the misery ends for them um, Celtic just to go back to them I think we you know we finally, finally saw James Forrest the most expensive midfielder in the game turn up um, after a nice bit of work from Cal McGregor to lay him up uh, I thought Frimpong looked good when he came on uh, got his assist but a little bit concerning particularly as a Frimpong owner that he did not play either of those games last week I don't know if he was carrying something I thought um, his replacement, Alamed, looked horrendous. He was described as being away with the fairies, I think, by Willie Miller in his uh, post, post-game comments. Well, whatever Willie Miller says is obviously Probably right. They so. uh, <laughs> 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 played in the big man, Julian, uh, who, who absolutely... Tell you what, just, just on Julian, like, uh, two goals already this season. And, um, you know, 89th minute, marauding up front like that. Uh, will, will he keep playing going with Duffy? I mean, so that's the question. Um, but, you know, not a bad asset. And, and, and previous to Duffy arriving was pretty much a guaranteed starter. So maybe that's where you get your Celtic uh, defender in. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I certainly watch. I still think Taylor probably looks like best value. Um, sure. Just because he's been starting throughout. He's uh, in my team as well, shockingly. Taylor's in my team, shockingly. Shockingly, yeah. Shockingly. You've, ever, you've ever complimented a team. A <laughs> That's rare. <it's> rare. <laughs> um, moving on, um, talking of your team, uh, only one place to go, of course. Nice segue, John. We love a good segue. Uh, Hibbs Aberdeen. Um, interesting turn, and I thought they missed him. Gogic um, was self isolating for that mm. game after what turned out to be a false positive test for COVID. Do you think that'll be something we see <laughs> again? This, yeah. this, I mean, it's just um, completely, it's a, it's a thing you just can't even, you can't even predict, right? So it's so difficult. But I thought, I thought Hibbs really, really missed Gogic. Actually really way more him. than this bit. Yep. Um, you know, playing Newell in centre mid and when he's left winger just doesn't seem to be working for them uh, too much. But flip side, I thought Aberdeen were brilliant. I have to say. It's the best I've seen... <laughs> It's the best I've seen Aberdeen play it, it, this year, probably going back a little bit more. There was actually seemed to be... Do you know what? Cosgrove being injured for Aberdeen is almost a blessing in disguise. They've, they've, they've transformed their style of play from being a team that's completely lumping out front to only yep. doing it so often. You know, Hedges, um, from fantasy football, I think, I think Hedges could be the one that you want to get in your teams. Uh, key here was that he's, uh, he was playing out of position. So he's a midfielder who was playing off off the front. And line. he must have been, you know, after that and also the hat trick midweek, he must have been one of the most popular yeah. transfers. And I think yeah, he yeah. was, you know, looking yeah. at the that game through. He should have uh, scored. He should have scored. Yeah. Uh, him and Scott Wright, again, if you remember Scobie uh, against Livy last week, they had two one-twos that, that, that scored the goal. They then linked up again in the first half of this game. And if it wasn't for Hedges being so reliant on his left foot, if he just touched him his right foot, that would have been a goal. Um, so yes. he looked, uh, looked really good as well. 
Um, I was I mean, just going to say, I mean, just because I know that we've heard you talk and laud quite rightly a lot of the Aberdeen players, but there's so many you could pull out. Marley Watkins at 4.5 million, looked yeah. good again, lots of pressure on to win his penalty. Ferguson, 4.1 million, takes the penalty well. I thought him and McCrory, who's 3.7 million, looked a different class in midfield. I also looked, thought Kennedy looked quite lively at 3.8 million. I mean, I'm starting to think, do you need to reshape your team to bring some of these guys in, do you actually, where you probably lumped all of them, you know, at one point earlier in the season, just kind of have well, to. I think, I think, I think that's, that, that's a good point. Um, I think there's the definitely value in Aberdeen players. Just to take a couple of the players that you mentioned there, I mean, Ross McCrory is a complete Rolls Royce. He's a beautiful footballer. Right. He increases the level of Aberdeen's play by 10% in the overall team. It's just mental about how good a signing is and they've robbed Rangers blind with this signing. But from a fantasy football perspective, I just wouldn't be putting him in your team. Yep. Because at, at, at best, he's going to be playing centre defensive mid. Maybe he'll score a couple of goals like, later on. But no, Matty Kennedy, I know you noted, was pretty much playing right wing back for this game because they were playing a back three. Yep. Probably the same as Johnny Hayes and that these guys are midfielders in the game playing full back. Like, yes, they may score assists and stuff like that, but probably don't want them in. So I think... The guy you did say, Lewis Ferguson, I think is a very good shout. I think Ryan Hedge yeah. is a very good shout. And maybe on the outside is Scotty Wright. Um, if, he, if he can hit some consistency, he's, he's your fantasy guy. And Watkins think, is a good shout as well from you, Scooby. And then the one you've not mentioned, probably, which you did mention last week, Tommy Hoban. Yeah. 2.8 thought he was great again. Um, yeah. Great price for a, for, a, for a side that looking good neck. Um, but I think with Tommy Hoban, pretty confident. He looks like he's going to continue to play. Am I right? Tommy Hoban. Well, the story with him is that he was down in down in Watford, you know, prem, like English Premiership yeah. footballer, and just has had a horrific um, record with injuries. So if Aberdeen and he came up to Aberdeen, played a couple of games, looked great, and then has been out injured for over twelve months. So if he can stay fit, then Aberdeen have a real gem on their hands, and it's as you say, at two point eight million. Um, could be a real starter and also does chip in with the odd goal. So maybe yep. that's like how you get in your defence. On the flip side, obviously, we've talked about Horgan going, uh, leaving Hibs. We have Nivsbit still out. Dre Wright um, got another start with Nivsbit being out and Horgan being on the move, but he actually got injured himself in that game, which is a bit of a shame. He's pretty good value at 4.4 million as well. Um, our man Doig almost scored a beauty, which have only... Yeah. Added to his fancy football Scotland legend, um, and yeah, just I think Luke Hibbs it's still a very good start to the season for them. They will continue to come back. Um, they maybe uh, just come up, um, you know, just come up a bit unlucky in their last couple of games. I certainly don't think they look bad, but as you mentioned at the top of this segment, definitely missing Gogic. Just just a little bit on Hibbs as well. Just the overall picture in the in attack, like we have. Wax lyrical on Hibs on this podcast so far, and again, rightly so. Um, but just I was little slightly concerned about their attacking re- returns over the last few games. So they've had only one goal in the last three matches. That was a penalty. So no goals from open play in the last three games. The game before that, they beat Dundee United one nil, which mm-hmm. is good defensively. But so I just I know everyone flooded their teams with all these Hibs attackers: Dodge, Nisbet, um, Boyle, etc. Just on our recommendation. <laughs> on our recommendation, I just—it's it, it, a slight red flag for me. That like defensively they look excellent. McGinn looks brilliant. Doig, as we say, is probably going to be young player of the year. Um, yeah, we're there. Listen, one person we had cast aside 
um, you know, left to rot on the fantasy sidelines. Who's proven us wrong again this week? Haji has scored. No. This is not <laughs> a drill. He has actually scored <laughs> with more fantasy teams named after him than anyone um, in the country. Um, and I think he probably should have had a few more. I thought he was really good. Surprisingly, Barisic did not have the assist. I think he probably should have. Don't quite know what happened there. Fantasy Football Scotland answers on a postcard, please. Um, he never had the last touch. No, he definitely did. He I've got Barisic in my team now as well. So I'm talking from a your point of view as well. But to be honest, there's no way he had the last touch. <laughs> um, shocking surprise Tav actually gets in the score sheet this week um, pairs that with another clean sheet he is by far and a long way now fantasy's top scorer mm. and asset I mean how high can his price go he's at 5.8 million I don't even I don't know if they're capping that I don't know if he can go higher but I, mean, I don't think they do cap these things but I mean yeah I mean that's a good question maybe we'll, it's easy to go guys if you're to let us know yeah. yeah, I just think with the, with with Tab as well. I mean, we mentioned it like the other week with his assist. Like he's just in the opposition box all the time. All the time, it's ridiculous for a fullback to be that far up all the time. It's just absolutely mental. Well, it all yeah. it all seems to be coming as well from the left. The way you had it all through Barisic and Ken. So maybe that plays into Tab a little bit. He's there, and you just know, so far stuff on the end of stuff that's coming back. Either playing that last ball in off a deflection or something, or bagging the goal like he did. Um, on Saturday. Um, I think Roof was a popular transfer in, including for this pundit, uh, given Morellis doesn't seem to be in the long-term plans of the picture at the moment, uh, what with car crash gates last week. Um, I think Roof was unlucky again not to, you know, not to, not to score. I thought he would look really good again. I'm going to stick with him. Probably feel more yeah. confident in my, in my Roof transfer than my Jetty one at the moment, but um, it's been a bit of a risk-reward strategy and that one, and I think quite a few people went for it too. No, I think Ruth looked really good. I mean, we don't talk a lot about XG on this podcast. We're not massive XG men, but I just, you know, watching watching the, the Rangers game and just they, they had so many chances, right? And that, which is great. But at what point is it wastefulness that they're not sticking these 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 chances away? And their, their XG for the game was four point eight six. You know, you're talking they should have won it five nil and they didn't. And I get it, right? They get the three points in that. But will there be a time? Will there be a game coming up where they, where they are going to regret missing some of these chances, Scooby? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And look, they're getting away with it as well. I think interesting one. Obviously, we've talked about um, the amount of clean sheets they've got, and the Rangers defenders are just the assets you have to own and have in your team every week. But McLaughlin, he's only faced seven shots on target in six games. I mean, I don't know what that says about the standard they're playing against, whether people just are not playing well when they come to them or they're not putting that kind of pressure on. But seven shots on target in six games. I mean, he's been a brick wall, but he's not really been tested that much. Um, uh, probably still starting with Scotland at the weekend. I thought he made a, it was one that was that corner that ended up being on target. That was excellent. And that was probably the only point I had on Hamilton is they still look fairly dangerous from corners. So if you want a Hamilton player, maybe chuck in a Dolphin because uh, corner-wise, they might, they, might, they might come up with some goods. Hamilton, Hamilton. I mean, you say, you say you write them off your peril, but this is surely as bad as they've been at the start of the season. I thought they were woeful. Uh, I don't think there's anyone with any real value there. You know, we like to always talk about every squad and see if they're anything. I think Fulton, surprisingly, their goalie at 2.1 million. That's me- it. Do you hear that? That was the last Hamilton fan who persevered with this podcast just turned it off, Scooby. 
it didn't start well with Waitrose. Um, it's gone down further since, and that is him. He's finally off. Uh, he's finally leaving us. Um, talking of people that have left, it was Livingston's um, first game. Uh, I'm trying to remember in my head if that's true. Uh, well, without Lyndon Knight, likes beyond lifeguard. No, no, it was like the third, but yeah, whatever, mate. Uh, and um, look, they had their way with Ross County. It pains me to say, you know, how much of a Ross County fan I've been this season, but a goal to nil. Um, Ross Stewart on something of a goal drought since I brought him in, which is a bit of a worry and, and just generally the last few games for Ross County haven't been great uh, that 2-1 loss to Dundee United I think has sort of like turned the tide a little bit on the season the 1-1 draw with St Mary they probably should have got that and then again they just didn't look great it was it was like watching the Livingston the last season you know it it was. Was just, you could not break them down I thought McCrory was very good in goals again. And that's what that's what that's what Holt was saying. He's one of ugly bastard football, and that's what he got with uh, with this win against Ross County. You know, we've talked a lot about how County are trying to play nicer football. So Holt's just going like, right, lads, we're not having any of this. He stuck Effie Ambrose back in the starting eleven, just obviously as soon as I transferred him out. Um, and a lot of uh, fantasy managers have been delighted to see Guthrie uh, get the winner in this game because I know he was a very popular shout. He's one popular. we've highlighted on this podcast before. He was 2 million. I believe he's now 2.1 million. So he's still pretty good value. He got five goals last year. Um, so from a fantasy perspective, really exciting to see him open his account, I think, uh, for Livingston. Definitely. Alan Forrest, um, who's been another popular one at 3.2 million, understandably so, hit the crossbar. That could easily have been another goal. So he's continuing to show promise. Um, no sign of Stokes um, on the bench. Uh, so I think as we were surmising, he's obviously turned up fat as fuck after not playing any football in the last 12 months. But we will see him at some point, I'm sure. Um, and we will we will look forward to that day. Um, yeah, not much else to say about that game. It was... You know, there wasn't much from Ross County side apart from two. Uh, I was a bit parts. disappointed with Kettlewell's like sewer plumes at the end of the game, like complaining about free kicks here and free kicks there. It's like, Kets, man, just accept defeat. Livy have done you there. And uh, as you say, it's back to the drawing board. I mean, County had a very good start to the season. They will come back. But I mean, ultimately, they'll have to have a very good season by their standards to make the top six of this, this division. Sent to the stands for his troubles as well. And um, yeah, look, they've got a tough run coming up County as well. I think uh, it pains me to say it, but maybe time to think about ditching them. Um, next game. Oh, wow. You're not sticking with them, Scobie. Come on, man. I'm going to stick with Ross Stewart, but I'm thinking, you know, anyone you had back, certainly laid law, it's probably time to get rid. Celtic, you know, they've got St. Johnson, Aberdeen, Rangers, Hibs, their next five games. That's tough. That's tough. Down the line, I'm sure they'll come back, but. Um, Sorry to say it, the boys from Dingwall, maybe it's time to move on. Hello and welcome back to part three of this week's Fantasy Fitbar Pod. This is the part where we answer Twitter your questions. It's where you guys seem to give... Scooby, a bigger grilling than Donald Trump gets from the American journalists. <laughs> so we've had a load of questions, and I'm going to so I'm going to try and put um, put this into into one. And the basically the big theme of this week is about 
what on earth do you do with Celtic players going into the forthcoming double game week? So we've had uh, one of our guy, fellow podcasters, Half Hour Fantasy Podcast, has asked Celtic players to go for in the upcoming day double game week where there's so many variables. What, what are you guys thinking? Scobie, what are you thinking with this double game week coming up? Okay, um, this is a really good question. And I think there's a few ways you could go with it. I'm going to start at the back. Um, just mentioned him already I was giving you credit where credit's due I think Greg Taylor looks like the obvious choice there um, he's good value at 3.5 million um, I think they do look solid at the back I think he's absolutely sewing up that position at the moment Frimpong at 4 you know obviously he didn't start that last weekend so that's a little bit of a concern so I think that these two games that they're about to go into um I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to get two clean sheets. Um, so you might even be thinking about a Celtic defender as a captain option um, for, for these. Is that, not, is that not the case? Yeah, I think, I think Taylor's nailed on, right? Uh, he has to be in your team just based on uh, form so far this season and selections from Lennon. I mean, if you want to get your two defenders, could you go Barkas? Well, it's not a bad show. He's looked very good, actually, I've thought, since he's come in and settling into it, certainly on Saturday. So um, we've asked the question, is there, is there value in a goalkeeper? I think McLaughlin's proven there definitely is. I think Barkas could as well. So even if you were to take a hit to make that happen with a double game week and potentially two clean sheets, you know, so there could be a lot of points on offer. So let, let, let's, ride, let's ride into Karen Taser's question here as well, because it, it's on the same theme. Uh, but it's really well put. Um, so do we want, because I think we're all agreed, right? We need three Celtic players in for this double game week. So it's whether we want one defensive Celtic option and two attacking options, or do we want two defensive options and one attacking option? So what we're saying here is potentially, potentially you go Taylor Barkas and that's your two defensive options. And then Scobie, if you had the one attacking option, what do you think it would be for you? Um, it feels risky to say it, but I'm actually going to say a Jetty if I've got yeah. to, because I think he's got to play. Even if he's coming off the bench, he's a threat. He's already playing He certainly starts one of those games, if not both of them, you know, with the way they are. I think he's a good player. 7.1 million is not bad for a top-tier striker that's going to be playing like him or like Roof. So I would say him because I think that Celtic midfield, your guys yeah. like Forrest and Christie are overpriced at the top, aren't they? So... Yeah. You can't justify bringing one of them in. McGregor and Elianusi, who've been the popular choices in the kind of, you know, mid-tier, mid-value, just haven't got the points. I mean, Elianusi's played basically every game. He's got eight points. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think that's fair enough. I mean, one guy, obviously, we haven't talked about is, is Edward. And if we do just cast our minds back to last game week, Lennon did come out saying that Edward would be fit for the next game. So, I mean... You take take what you will from from what the Edward situation is. Is he injured? Is he not? Are they waiting for a move for him? Are they not? I don't know. What I would suggest to our listeners is to wait until the last minute as long as you can to work out whether he will be in these two match day squads. Because yeah. while Scobie, I agree with you, Jetty does look at an excellent option and obviously guaranteed to be at least be in the squad for these two games going forward. Yeah. Edward's still the premium attacking uh, option, right? Of course he is, of course he is, but his value, um, you know, his value is something to, to swallow with that. So, um, yeah, to answer anyone's questions, it's certainly the two at the back 
if you're going to go Celtic. Um, and then I'll just I'll just chuck in a third part of this question because we'll 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 shout out another uh, one of our fellow podcasters, Fantasy Football Football Weekly. And um, they actually these guys actually put a podcast in the can uh, just before the double game week news broke. So we do feel your pain, lads, because we did <laughs> COVID eight uh, a few weeks ago. And um, so just uh, one part of their question that I really liked was um, also about the Shane Duffy. Um, effect basically and does that add um to more of the Lenny roulettes that we were hoping not to see I mean Jings it's just added another dimension of not knowing who's going to start at the bat for Celtic right it's next question here is from Stevie it says Scooby what are you wearing (laughs) (laughs) well I'm in Aberdeen so I'm wearing about three layers because it's fucking freezing here. Um, I'm not afraid to say that John and I have done quite a lot of these podcasts shirtless because um, it's been so fucking hot in London for the last month. So thanks for your question, Stevie. There you go. You can picture me now. Uh, who we got? We got uh, Brian here but, uh, at Blades Attack. He said, "What do you do with Turnbull? Wait and see, or just set, accept it's a minus eight to get rid of uh, to get rid of him and triple up properly on Celtic for a double game week." Um, I'll say to this, Brian, I'd be tempted just to get to get rid of him, mate. Um, we don't have enough uh, visibility on that. And this Celtic double game week, you need to fill your boots because it could be one of those where uh, where teams get away from uh, from the chasing pack uh, going forward. And then yeah, finally, finally, Scobie, just to round you off, and this one is our pure fantasy football question from our main man, the fantasy football Scotland scout. He's asked, what Aberdeen players would you be going for considering their favourable fixture run, if any? Scooby, do you want to take that? Well, you are asking a pertinent question. For me, um, I am definitely going to bring one of them in. I think I like the look of the run, like where they are. I'm going to go with Ferguson. Um, We talk a lot about we like the fact that certain players take penalties and you can rely on them for that. Um, So... I'm going to go with Ferguson at 4.1 million. I think he's great. Uh, Hedges is also attractive. Um, but I'm going to opt for Ferguson, personally. Yeah. And Aberdeen got uh, nine penalties, uh, not last season, but season 2018-19. So if they can uh, replicate that amount of penalties, then Lewis Ferguson will be the main man in every fantasy football midfield. All right, Scooby, how is our fantasy football pod league looking? Well, John, it's been another interesting week on the Fantasy Football Pod League. Um, at the top of the league, though, um, still by a short margin, is our man Haji Honor, who I'm sure is thinking about bringing the namesake in after his sterling showing on Saturday. So well done, Craig Martin, out there up top uh, with 335 points after 51 last week. The Queen's 11, the two of them, uh, still tied on 328 points in joint second. So the two Queens 11 are um, are picking up a bit of pace behind him. Um, I'm sitting 13th and John making moves 22nd. Not yeah. bad given the start of the season you had. And I suppose you'll notice a new entry as well at the bottom, Scobie. Uh, number 52 is uh, Chloe's Chancellor. My sister has just joined the league. 81 in her first game week. Pretty strong. <laughs> So already catching up on uh, Michael Syme, uh, whoever that is, uh, second last. Brilliant. 
All right. Well, actually, this uh, weekend is there is no games. So if you've got this far and then realise there's no games, tough shite, lads. Uh, we are. It is um, Scottish International Week. We will be supporting Scotland, of course. Hopefully, they do well. Uh, so yeah, uh, we will try and do what a quick ten minute or next week's go be. Yeah, I think we'll do a quick ten minute around our team selection and see where we get to. Um, to focus all of your minds, so stay tuned for that, guys. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks once again uh, for tuning in uh, to this episode seven. Um, enjoy your week off, rest, recuperate, and look forward to the rest of the season. Thanks very much for listening, troops. All the best for the weekend.